Welcome to Good Enough-ish. I'm Brooke Forey. And I'm Amanda Jefferson. We are two organization-loving friends sharing tips, strategies, real-life experiences, and fails of trying to be good enough-ish at everything we juggle in life. I own Indigo Organizing. I help busy people simplify their lives at home and at work. I co-own Curious & Company Creative, a branding design firm, and I created the Balance Bound Planner that helps you get organized and prioritize self-care. You can find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish, and you can find the show notes over at goodenoughish.com. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498. So let's start the show. Let's do it. Hey, Brooke. Hey, Amanda. As we record this, you and I are both sipping on a delicious coffee beverage that our producer and my husband has just prepared for us. Yeah. I mean, when I requested a coffee, like I, I was just thinking like, oh, how nice. He's going to make because me like a frothy beverage. with a coffee that smelled so good. And we were both like, what is that? And how do we get one? Right. But his was in like a regular mug, right? Mm. And then I went to use your restroom and I came back in yeah. and gasped at the beauty. She did. She said that awaited <gasps> me. This beautiful... Is this a mug? What what do we call these things? It's, it's like kind a, of like if you were going to go to an Italian cafe right. and get a chocolate croissant and a fan croissant. 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 <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. I remember I took French. This is the cup <laughs> that they would serve it in. Okay. Because it's a beaut. And he we're went above him. This some... is not a good enough fish coffee. This, this is, is above and beyond. This is real good. Because, Brooke, we actually talked about this in a prior episode because we had talked about how we could recreate your Wawa latte, which we haven't done in this, but... But this is really close. We were telling you about that, what is it, Fernando? The Nespresso frother. So Fernando busted out the Nespresso frother for you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could feel like I could add a tiny bit of caramel flavoring and it would be exactly... Yeah, maybe a little cinnamon on top. Yeah. Can you work on that next time, yeah. Fernando? We need car- <laughs> caramel flavor for... Mm-hmm. Caramel, not caramel. Not caramel, which is the way Delco. I, yeah. I think Southern Delaware folks would say caramel. I think so too. And that's probably correct, but who knows? Don't what know. is correct, Brooke, in the grand scheme of Nothing. things? Nothing. What is life? <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> That's kind of a good segue. That is an excellent segue okay. because today we're going to talk about therapy. Mm. I mean, we've been all over the place the past couple of weeks. We've talked about wedding registry. We've talked about, I don't even remember what the last one was about. No, me neither. Yeah, but now we're going to talk about therapy, which I'm super excited about because it could be thought of as being like, ooh, deep and personal. But that's what I love about it is that Talking so openly about it, I think, really destigmatizes and really just opens the door for people who may not have experimented with therapy before to do so. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like in general, there's so much less stigma than there used to be. But there's still, I mean, there's still hesitation sometimes if I talk to someone that, you know, it seems like maybe they could benefit from therapy. And if I suggest it, there's still a little bit of that stigma there. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, why are you in therapy? Yeah, right. When did you first experiment with therapy? So um, it's interesting because the more we talk about uh, when a lot of things happened in my life, they all sort of happened around the same time, which was after Isabel was born. Mm. And just our listeners, we are still sipping on these coffees. So you may hear it. Do you want to hear a little slurp? Yeah. 
<laughs> I won't slurp, but you may hear. I'm not going to edit the slurps An out. occasional sip. Yes. Yeah. A little sip, sip. Okay. Um, you did take a picture of these glasses, right, to add I, to the show? I took show one note. of mine, but maybe at the okay. break we'll have to yeah. take it. Okay. Or he'll have to make us um, another round so we can get <laughs> It's for photography. we can record seven more episodes yeah. because we'll be so caffeinated. Okay. So uh, after my daughter was born, I had a really big job. I was uh, working um, at a nonprofit that I loved called Summer Search in Philadelphia. I had a pretty long commute. But I just found after she was born, like we've talked about a million times, I think I probably had postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, but wasn't really identifying that. But um, it was one day on a conference call, all of the executive directors, so each of the summer search offices has an executive director. And we had a coach that would work with us just to help us with leadership issues and burnout issues and all that sort of stuff. And I remember saying on the call... I just feel so, I look at my to-do list and I don't want to do a single thing on it. I just want to put my head down and get, or get under the covers or close the blinds and it all go away. And I remember the coach at the time said, oh, hon, it sounds like you might be depressed. And I was like, huh, what? And she said it so, not flippantly in a way that was like making light of it, but just like, oh, that could be what that is. And you could just get that checked out. Yeah. That was kind of, it took away a lot of the stigma. Like, oh, maybe I am. So I went on, like, I, you know, got my thyroid levels checked. I went to my primary care person just to make sure there was nothing, you know, maybe physical going on. But then I started um, going to see a therapist. And I can go into much more detail after that. But that was kind of my first, maybe I could talk to somebody about this and that would be okay. Well, and because I think, you know, in the term depression, over the years, people understand it a lot more. But even, well, with postpartum depression, so I also, you know, we've talked, we've mentioned this several times that I think I, I definitely had a lot of postpartum anxiety, but because the pamphlets that they sent you home with from the hospital, like here, you just had, you know, a human come out of your body. Two days later, we're sending you home. Here's a little pamphlet about postpartum depression. It's like, you, you know. You can't digest that. No, you can't digest it. And the questions that I was asked when I would go for follow-up appointments, you know, do you want to harm yourself or your baby? Right. Are you showering? Those were the those the were the metrics. Um, metrics of like, well, if you haven't taken a shower in a couple of days, you must be depressed. Where I was like, I'm showering. I'm just, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know how to take care of this baby yeah. and he's gonna die. And I don't know what like that was postpartum anxiety, but so we knew what postpartum depression was supposed to look like, but we didn't know all of the other things that go along with it. But even then before that, the word depression, you just think of it as someone sad and maybe crying all the time. And, and that's not what it is or not always what it is. Yes. It's uh, it's just kind of a feeling of maybe not feeling. Correct. And be. what was so interesting to me in my journey at the beginning was she said something to me and the psychiatrist that I went on to see, because I did get di- I, I do take medication now, which we'll talk about. He said that I had something, and she both agreed, that um, dysthymia, which was something I hadn't heard of before, but it's essentially a mild depression. So Mm -hmm. I think depression, classic depression, can look a lot like, you know, there's sort of a chart where you'll have these peaks and valleys where you're 
pretty happy, and then you're really, really, really sad, and then happy, and then there are these episodes that are pretty intense. Mm. Mine, she showed me, you know, if you imagine that same chart, chart, that baseline, I was just below that baseline, and it was flat. It was just, Mm. it was just a general feeling of just like, ugh, all the time. Yeah. Um, And it didn't feel like a deep depressive. And so I, so that was really helpful. Then I could actually Google this dysthymia and be like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Like that I can relate to, which was very helpful for me. That's awesome. Yeah. So I saw the therapist for a while and turns out, so then I recommended this therapist to you mm-hmm. and then so we can talk more about that. But I, so she sent me to the psychiatrist because I, even I, I think maybe it was after like a year or so. And I was like, you know, I just really kind of feel like it's just, I need more. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to just be like, oh, I'm depressed. Take a pill. So I um, did therapy for a while, but felt like I needed more. So then she sent me to a psychiatrist. And I wish I had understood a little bit more about psychiatrists before I went. Because they're not like, oh, sit down. Let's talk about your childhood. They're like, do you feel like you have spiders crawling down your back? Oh, my gosh. Are you, you know, like they literally go through a list of, you know, 150 questions Mm -hmm. to try to figure out where are you and what possible diagnosis that you might have. And so that can be a little bit like, uh, like yeah. you know, unsettling. But we landed on um, what I was experiencing at the time was depression and also fogginess. Yeah. Like he would say to me, okay, I'm going to say three words to you, like cat, dog, rainbow. And I and repeat them back to me. Okay, great. Cat, dog, rainbow. And then we would talk about something else for a couple of minutes and he would be like, okay, what were those three words? And I'm like, I have no freaking idea. Like, okay, let's try again. And then two minutes later, no freaking idea. Mm. So he ended up um, prescribing me something called Trentelix, which I know is on the market and I think a little bit more readily available now that was both for kind of that fogginess and focus and also depression. Um, And it was also my first foray into mental health and insurance companies. Oh, it's so fun. Oh, because even though that was what he recommended, the insurance company would not cover Trintelix until I had been on two other medications and we had determined that those, in fact... So it's like, ingest two other things that this medical professional does not think that you should ingest just so that... Because Trintelix, I think, was a lot more expensive for them. Oh, my gosh. So we went through that whole rigmarole. I was on Trintelix for a while. Um... And then my insurance stopped covering it all together. Of course they did. So now I'm on the Lexapro train. Um, But uh, yeah, so tell me. So I introduced you to my therapist who I love so much. Well, so I'm going to take it back a little little bit. Take it back. I'm just going to, because I think it's kind of important to, well, and and we should jump in real quick and say we're not experts and we are not diagnosing you. Nope. And our problems are individually our own. So yes. if you have any of it, <laughs> I feel like we need this we're disclaimer. We're talking about our own personal experiences. Our own personal experiences. We are advocates for therapy and medication if you need it. But like, you see, you see your people. Anywho. Okay. So, I mean, my kind of journey with therapy... Um, had lots of like ebbs and flows in terms of when I went, who I went to. So in college, I mean, we all know, a little anxious, a little high strung. And I think I reached a point with my major, probably my junior or it might have been my senior year, that I was just feeling a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. Um, the design program I was in was competitive and um, 
it was hard. I mean, it was like we were pulling on knitters, and I was also involved in a theater group that really brought me a lot of joy, but it was kind of a source of friction for sure because it was like one more thing that I was doing that I was losing sleep. So my mom recommended, you know, there's a counseling service for free. Yes. Like this is That's what we the best thing about college pay is. tuition yes. for. Mm-hmm. And so I had a couple of appointments with this woman. I no longer remember her name, but I remember feeling like, oh, this is what therapy is. You know, yeah. I had that um vision of like lying on the couch and someone's there with their clipboard taking notes. And that's not at all what it was. I mean, it was really a comfortable conversation with someone who was just trying to let me feel heard because my friends were either stressed out just like I was and didn't want to hear it. Or I was having, you know, maybe some friend conflict at the time. So I couldn't necessarily talk to them about it. So it was such an eye-opening experience. Like, okay, this is good. Um, of course, you know, I didn't necessarily keep up with it because I was so busy, but eventually, you know, found my way back to therapy when I was about 24. My mom was in a car accident. She was on her way to my apartment one day after work and she was hit by a drunk driver. Yeah. I remember this story so well, you telling me this. Because I I share this story a lot with people about just how much I wasn't even in the car, but how much that trauma affected me. So the story is that she was on her way to my house, my apartment, lived by myself at the time. She took a tiny bit of a detour to go to her bank to get uh, money from the ATM because we were meeting one of her friends and her daughters. And my mom was a couple minutes late and we hear sirens. We're like, oh, you know, I wonder what that is. And then I get a phone call from my mom saying, hi, honey, I was in an accident. And then it all clicked that, like, that's That's what the sirens were. And I said, where are you? And, you know, she I could then kind of hear the her voice, the stress in her voice. She was up the street. Mm -hmm. So I ran up and saw Mm -hmm. the after effects. So my mom was hit by a drunk driver 5.30 in the afternoon who pushed my mom's car into a tractor trailer. Yeah. That tractor trailer. Sorry if this is, like, too too traumatizing. But I think it's it's worth explaining – that tractor trailer then hit another car. Miraculously, everyone survived. Right. But it was incredibly just not not how we expected our evening to go. Right. And for me, seeing the aftermath of it, um, I had trouble driving. I would show up. At, at that time, I worked half an hour away from my apartment. I would arrive at work in tears because yeah. if somebody cut me off, I thought, you know, they right. were trying to kill me. Or, you know, it's just, I just lost all trust in people. Right. So my mom and I were both going to therapy. She was okay. She was very banged up and, you know, fortunately didn't have any major recovery, but it was a very scary experience for both of us. And we both started going to therapy. And that was the first time that I really, I think I went for a full year to this therapist. Mm-hmm. And he was just so wonderful. I actually, I should say, I saw someone at first who could you know, get me into their schedule. And I did not get anything out of it. And I felt like I was going and filling the silence because she was one of those therapists who didn't say much. Right. And I was like, no, no, I want, I want a conversation. So me in my anxiousness would just talk to fill the air. And I was like, this is not working. So I did, after a few appointments, I found another therapist. And I think that that's something that's really important to mention because- That's huge. You're very few people- 
find the right therapist on the first try. And that can be so discouraging because if you're going through something or you're depressed, the last thing you want to do. You don't have the energy. No. And you have to jump through the hoops of, are they covered by my insurance? And are they accepting new patients and the intake? And then to do all that and find out yeah. it's not a good fit. But I think if you go into it with the expectation that you are going to have to kiss a couple of frogs mm -hmm. before you find your right one, then that can make the process a lot. Yeah. So I was very lucky that I found the right one on the second try. And I went to that therapist for a year, and I genuinely don't know that I could have, like, driven a car again if not for him. Mm. Um, he was just this wonderful, sweet older man who um, asked the hard questions and, you know, just we had some really amazing conversations and revelations. And But then I reached a point, maybe after a year, that I was like, okay, I'm feeling good driving. I don't necessarily feel like I'm getting as much out of these appointments. So I stopped going. Um, years later, after having my first child, uh, about, at, I would say right after Graham's first birthday, I thought, you know, I haven't really been taking care of myself. And, and so I started the process again. And I did go to a, a, that therapist for several months. She was fine. Um, fell off the therapy wagon again for a little bit. And then, yes, you recommended a wonderful therapist to me who now I've been seeing off and on for like four years, I think. Yeah. And it's just, it's so magical to have that person there that, I mean, she's wonderful. She kind of knows that I do go through these highs and lows that sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I don't I don't really feel like I need to come in. And then she'll get an email from me like, hi, do you have any openings? You know, like she she knows that I um, – the weight of the world is on my shoulders. And like I think she knows when she's going to get an email from me when things are going on in the world that are hard yeah. to take. But it's just been so wonderful to have that relationship of someone um, like her. And uh, a year after COVID first started, I feel like I took the one-year anniversary of COVID really, really hard. Yeah. And I felt that depression creeping in and finally decided to pursue medication for yeah. the first time, like yeah. a year and a half ago. Um, and, you know, like you, uh, so I, I never saw a psychiatrist. I went to my general practitioner yes. for that. Mm -hmm. So that's something good to mention because an appointment with a psychiatrist can take a really long time. And it's incredibly expensive. Yes. And so they'll say, okay, we need to meet every four weeks, and each visit is $125. And right. each visit, even if it's only 15 minutes, consists of, how are you feeling? How does the dose? Great. So that was something that I realized that um, – you know, I could have a conversation with my PCP yes. and get on the Lexapro and that I no longer needed to be doing those. Ex I, 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 like we're, we're saying we're, these are our personal experiences, but I did like going to a psychiatrist first to kind of figure out what was the right path for me. But then I think once you're established there, just going through your PCP is a lot more convenient. Yeah, it's convenient. It's faster. Um, cause I probably had let it go for a few months before I called Susanna, my therapist and said, you know, do you think that I should move forward with this? So she was the one that really, you know, um, encouraged me to see my general doctor. And, you know, within a couple of days, I was on something and I, I didn't have a great experience with the first yeah, medication. Yeah, you had to experiment. You had to kiss a couple frogs with I had that to too. kiss a couple medication frogs too. Yeah. But um, also on Lexapro, Team Lexapro <laughs> at 15 milligrams right here. So, um, yeah, I th even though I loved therapy for years, I was nervous about starting a medication because there still was that stigma of having to be dependent on something. 
But then I kind of took a step back and looked at the world and it's like, um, we're all in the middle of a pandemic. Our kids were still, you know, dealing with virtual school and hybrid and all that stuff. And it was kind of a hard time to be yeah. a functioning human and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. And it's not to say that I won't maybe wean myself off of it at some point or, you know, work with my doctor to wean myself off of it. But um, just how amazing that we live in a world with these resources and yeah. it doesn't have to be dire straits for you to decide to reach out and get help and find ways to improve the way you deal with problems, the way you deal with emotions or lack of emotions. Like that's what I was feeling. I was after a year of COVID, I just felt like you said, just like the total blah feeling. Yeah. I was like, I feel nothing. And yes. that wasn't good. Yes. <laughs> I don't feel much joy. I don't feel tears either. I'm just bleh. Right, because like we are two people that are out there trying, you know, we have businesses that are out there trying to make a difference in the world and we have little kids and marriages and parents and you can't, you know, it's hard to walk through the world just like, you can't run a business that way. You can't, you know, so I do have to take care of myself to, in order to to be able to do all that. Yeah. The funny story about Susanna though was when yeah. I ran into one of our friends in a, the Trader Joe's parking lot and it was so funny because she was talking about, she had just gotten back from a therapy appointment and she's like, I love my therapist. And I was like, no, no, I love my therapist. And she's like, well, sounds like you have a great one, but mine's pretty great. And then like two weeks later we find out we're talking about the exact same yes, person who was the same person that you had recommended to me <laughs> and that I also recommended to another friend so she's cornered the market on our friend group yes <laughs> but she's wonderful and no we're not telling you her last name because you can't have her but no <laughs> just kidding. she's very booked up yes <laughs> but yes so anyway I discovered this resource I think I kept hearing about it on podcast episodes because they advertise on podcasts a lot but it's called better help so B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P. Brooke has froth on her upper lip Sorry, currently. I didn't mean to ruin the moment. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> but it's essentially online therapy. And what I love about it is that it eliminates so many of those hoops of who's yeah. in my area and do they take my insurance? Friction. Friction. So, you know, you just kind of go on, you take an assessment about what's going on. And sometimes I think that's like 50% of the problem. Like, Absolutely. what is going on? Well, because- Why do I need therapy? Well, and so much of it is like, yeah, you you're depressed or going through something and you have to like pick up a phone and figure out who takes your insurance. Ugh. And like, I hate making phone calls. And so this, I mean, it takes so much of that yes. guesswork and friction and labor yes. out of the process. Yes. So you fill out that intake form and then they pair you with somebody. And based on what you've said, and you can have a couple of sessions with that person. And if it's not a good fit, it's like, no problem. Here's another person that we could pair you with. And you can have video um, chats. You can also text with this person. There's this whole platform that you can use. You can even leave them voice memos. You know, I'm a big fan of the voice memo. You can even, like, she would send me quizzes and worksheets and mm -hmm. things that I could fill out for her. I could do daily journal entries and share my journal entries with her. I really loved it. Um, it is a little bit more on the expensive side because you kind of have to pay monthly. Right. So it's like $250 a month. But if your insurance didn't cover therapy anyway and you were paying, you know, per visit $120 and wanting to go once a week, 
Um, they also have really great financial aid. So you can fill out what your um, you know, income is and all of that, and they'll give you a discount that will last, you know, several times. So yeah. I can drop a link in the um in the show notes that I think will give our listeners a free month. That's amazing. So that's huge. Um, but I I really, really loved it, especially if you feel like, you know, it might not be sustainable for you to pay $250 a month for a year. Mm-hmm. But if you need just like a quick injection of support to cope through with whatever acute situation that you have going on, I think it can be really helpful. Yeah. And I think so it's kind of like therapy on demand. Oh, Am I reading totally. that right? So. I mean, if you're someone that because sometimes what would happen with me is like I'm going through something, I feel like I need support. I email Susanna, I get an appointment for a week later, and then the appointment comes and I'm like, I'm I'm feeling better. Or yes. like which is great because I got through it or worked through it. But there's also those moments where it's like you kind of wish you just had someone that would get back to you right away or so this sounds like a great alternative if you might need that kind of ongoing support or circumstantial if like you have a really stressful job or something and you need to be able to reach out to someone in the moment that you need help right yes yeah yeah so it's kind of therapy on demand Re- very reasonable like I, I i feel like they've they've done an excellent job on eliminating so much of that friction yeah yeah so Good. i'm a big fan of that <sighs> this I was know. kind of therapy, just talking I about therapy. therapy, talking about therapy, drinking our frothy coffees, and I know just two gals, yeah, drinking our coffee. So hopefully, this therapy. conversation helped you know other people that might have been yeah a little bit on the fence about whether or not it's something that could help them think about maybe it will. Just like that coach, I'll never forget. Oh, hun, sounds like you might have depression. It was like, oh yeah. Well, and actually, yeah, when I said like a year into the pandemic. I was feeling very blah. I think it was a voice memo with you that I left for you that I was just like, I'm just, I'm, you know, blah. You know, I'm feeling, sorry, I keep making that sound. Blah. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I feel like there's no joy, no whatever. Um, and you were the one that said, you know, it sounds like you might be depressed or it sounds like you have a touch of depression. I forget how you <laughs> said it. Yeah, but I was like, oh. She's totally right, but I needed someone to say it to me. So thank you. Aw. Thanks. Send them big hearts your way. Thanks. Well, that was that was a big one. So let's take a break. Let's take a break. Okay. We'll be right back. Bye. You're listening to the Good Enough-ish podcast with Amanda Jefferson and Brooke Forey. Visit goodenoughish.com for show notes with information from each episode, as well as links to all the places where you can find us on the internet. Now, back to the show. Hey, Amanda, we're back. We're back. So, yeah, like, that was like a real, like, after-school special (laughs) kind of heart-to-heart about therapy. We're going to lighten it up a little bit now. A lot. Um, a, a lot, a lot. <laughs> Amanda, tell me what's sparking joy for you right now. I, this is so stupid. I don't even know when we <laughs> came up with this idea, but this is what sparks joy for me. So, okay, we talked about in a recent episode about how organization for me is a lot about 
like organizing the tools, everything that we have in our lives are sort of tools to make our lives more joyful, easier. So one of the ways that I organize my tools is underwear and socks. Mm -hmm. I categorize them (laughs) so that for the ones that have different purposes, (laughs) it's just maybe a little TMI. I didn't know underwear had this many purposes. I mean, I I do, but I'm just TMI. Tell me more. We're going to go. Okay. Tell me more. So I have day underwear and I have night underwear. (laughs) I saw this in the notes and I'm like, "Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. So I don't like underwear that shifts around during the day. I like to put it on and everything just stays in place. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry. I'm like, I don't. (laughs) So I have like my more expensive underwear, my favorite tried and trues that I have ordered they're they're okay i'm trying to like how far am i gonna go with this they're comfortable they're all the same ones that they fit really well i wear those during the day do i get a brand name do i get (sighs) you don't know i don't know okay that's fine continue okay we'll put it in the show notes. okay so but then the night underwear i I like to change underwear granny panties right no Brooke, no. they're all granny panties. Okay. They're all granny <laughs> panties. Um, but the night ones are kind of like my reject ones. That they don't really fit during the day. They would annoy me. They sure. would move around, but they're fine for the night time. You don't want to like have them be a total waste of money. You're like, oh, yeah, Correct. these can be night undies. Correct. It's kind of like when you demote a t-shirt to a night Mm t-shirt, right? And I used to have all of the underwear in one jumble. So I would be looking for which ones Mm -hmm. are my favorite ones to wear during the day and which ones is right. But now I have them divided. Okay. So I have my night underwear and my day, and it sparks so much joy. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay, then... I have my socks Mm -hmm. because there's very different functions of the socks. This one I get. This Mm -hmm. one you get. Mm -hmm. I have my no-show socks. Those are in the special. And I use IKEA scub organizers to divide these. So I have my no-show socks. Then I have my night sleeping socks, Mm -hmm. which are normally (laughs) like the... I don't like, they're like the socks I used to wear with my sneakers where you can see the ankle. I don't like those anymore. Before they really had the no-show. Correct. So I wear those for sleeping. (laughs) And then I have my taller socks that you would wear more in the wintertime Mm -hmm. with your ankle boots and things like that. Gotcha. Because I don't want all these socks living in the same place together because I don't want to rummage around for the type of sock that I'm looking for. So I divide them out. Love it. And I help a lot of my clients. I have not clued any of my clients in on the whole underwear. I mean, you don't get into division. that. Division. Like, I do. You t- but I mean, you're not going through their underwear with them. So, yeah, I am. You are. Yes. Oh, that's too much. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, most of them are super on board with the um, daytime and nighttime mm-hmm. undies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Undies. Sorry. No, not undies. Okay. Socks. They are excited about the sock by use okay. category. And I apologize for saying the word <laughs> undies. <laughs> I have children that, you know, sometimes that's just the word we use. Anyway. Underoos. Yeah. So that's Pant- a little panties. window. That's a little window into my life okay. over here. Okay. So I don't have day underwear and night underwear, <laughs> but I have like workout underwear and not workout See, underwear. There you go. Yeah. Do you have them all together in the same little jumble? Yes. Yeah. But I should probably separate them because See? when I'm going to exercise Correct. and I don't have the clean underwear that I like to wear under the leggings, then I'm rumbling. I'm Rum- rumbling? No. Rummaging. Rummaging through laundry. 
Some of my clients do have two separate categories, sort of like the time of the month underwear and the Mm -hmm. non-time of the month. Because if they have more favorite pieces, they might not want to wear those during the time of the month. So they enjoyed categorizing those. Okay. Uh I mean, yeah, that's totally. Um, The sock thing. So I don't have quite as many sock categories as you do. (laughs) But I will say, and this is kind of a separate, this is like a future... uh, favorite of my future self that I finally did a couple years ago because, and I might've mentioned this before, but I'll mention it again. The no-show socks, I found a like a type that I really, really liked, bought a bunch of them, but then I still had another brand as well. And so I'd constantly be like, wait, which one are these? And I would be matching them up. Finally got to a point where I could like get rid of some of the ones that were worn out, yeah. the older brand. Now I strictly, I buy one type. So I'm not I just have Which one is what big you've pile. done with, with um, Graham socks. Correct. Whatever. Yes. But I don't even, and I still match his up because he's a kid and like, you know. Oh, so you I, don't even match yours I don't up even because match they all up. match. They're all the same. So Brilliant. I have one little section of my, the sock area in my drawer. Brilliant. That just has all of my black no-show workout socks. Perfect. And they all match each other because they're the same brand. I bought them from Target. Shockers. I think they're Hanes. Yeah, I'll find out. But they've got the little no slip, that um, little that's key thingy on the back, mm-hmm. and they really don't move. They I don't know. budge, I and know. they don't show, and mm-hmm. they they do spark joy for me. But yeah, once I figured out that I was like so frustrated because I had a few different styles of black no show socks, but it's like if you had one on that was slightly different brand or something, it they don't feel the same, and that no. drives me bananas. Uh, yes, yeah, they have to feel the same. I know. I'm kind of like a princess. The princess in the pea mm-hmm. when it comes to my socks and mm-hmm. my shoes. If mm-hmm. the sock is just off or like there's a little grain of sand in there, I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I'm excited. Speaking of socks, I'm excited because Fernando today is wearing a pair of socks that I just bought for him. Aww. He likes cute socks. Show, show him. Okay. Oh, but you have to show cute. him what they, her, what they say at the, at the top. What do they say? Okay. He's not going to. Okay. It just says, tell me. <laughs> May the forest be with oh, you. cute. My kids would like those. May the forest be with you because he likes Cam. And do you also like Star Wars? I mean, yeah. It's like like a best of both worlds. Yeah. Okay. So, Brooke, transitioning to you, what is the favor that you are doing for your future self? So this kind of relates to something I talked about a few episodes ago with um, my pool bag. Yeah. So something – and this was kind of like an accidental thing that you taught me. But randomly, last summer, you and I went to the same pool when you still lived closer. <laughs> Sniff. Tear. Although we're both going to Dining Under the Stars in media tonight. So you can take the girl out of media, but yeah. you can't take, you know no. what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, not going to finish that. Anyway, you were getting rid, rid of a bunch of old pool slash beach towels a for a client. that was trying to get rid of a She had of beach too towels. many. Yeah. And you had a huge stack of them in your trunk and – our friend Sarah and I were both at the pool the same day as you. And you you were like, do you want to go shopping in my trunk for some beach towels? And we're like, what? You're like, I, seriously, I have this stack of towels. I, I'm trying to get rid of them for my client. And so we both, you know, shopped and, and picked out a few favorite um, patterns. And I was like, wait, keeping pool towels in your car all the time. Da, 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 Eureka. Right. Because we're bringing it back to Brooke's small house again. You know, every episode <laughs> we bring that back. But, like, I was like, oh, you know, I'm constantly washing towels in the summer. Yeah. Because the kids go to the pool a couple times a week with camp. And then I take them a couple times a week my own, on my own. And so, like, we're constantly washing and drying towels. And we just have one 
pretty small, modest um, uh, linen closet. And so I was like, oh my gosh, if I just kind of fold up a bunch of clean towels and put them in the trunk of my car, then I'm not constantly lugging stuff from the house to the car every time it's pool time. Yes. Really, when it's pool time, I'm like, okay, everybody get your water bottles. That's all they need. And I've got like a thing with sandwiches or whatever I'm packing for the pool. Everything else is already in the car, including towels and goggles, my pool bag. And so that's my little favor to future you. If you find yourself lugging around towels, just when you wash a load of beach towels, pool towels, whatever we're calling them, yes, just put them right in your car. Yes. If you have room in the trunk of your car, just put them there. Then they're there and ready for you. I also, I do like... Um, a couple of years ago, I started investing in Dock and Bay towels. I was going to talk about this. They're not super like warm and cozy and fluffy towels, but they're good because sand doesn't really stick to them. They're very, um, they're thin, so they don't t- take up a lot of space. So, yes. But my kids don't love them. Right. So I usually have a couple of those but I also still have the thick, fluffy towels. Yes. Yeah, because I really tried to transition to all the dock and bay towels, and they're kind of like, mm, I don't love this. Because, you know, sometimes when you get out of the pool and they you just – They want the cozy, the big cozy You want to be warm. Yeah. 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 I love the Turkish towels. Those are similar. Yeah. Yes. I, I have those. two of those, and I love them. And they do have a little bit more of that I can wrap it around me and feel warm. They're not fuzzy, though. But right. they dry really quick, and they look really cute when you wrap them around as a little skirt yeah. over your um, bathing suit. So we have a couple of those and those are nice because they're really lightweight and they double as like, oh, we're going to stop in this park. I can lay it out and we can have a little picnic. So yeah. we have many uses. Love it. Yes. Towels. Good, towels. good topic. Yep. Good topic. And I love knowing that those towels that did not spark joy for my client are now sparking joy in your trunk and beyond. They are. Those were really fluffy, warm towels. Yes. Yeah. So thank you, client, wherever you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've gone from therapy to daytime and nighttime undies, <laughs> to towels. Yes. Just Maybe this fish. is when we're going to get the voicemails of people saying, Amanda, that was TMI. The, yeah. That's right. fine. That's I'd fine. take that voicemail. I mean, the therapy conversation was also TMI, but I feel like in a really good way. Yes. I don't know. I like, um, I don't know. I hope it helps people to be like, you know what? I need to make that call. I think so too. Or better help. I think that's a great resource for people that really don't want to make the call. They need immediate help. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely a financial privilege if you can afford it. But yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. I hope that it helps somebody. Yeah, absolutely. So let us know. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Good Enough-ish. We will be back each week with new topics, stories, tips, and personal experiences, as well as some good old friendly banter and lots of laughter. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish. Email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498 with questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes. Thanks for listening. Bye.